The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, the wonderfully talented and exceptionally gifted Michelle Yu. Well, that was very nice. You are. You're talented and gifted and the hardest working person in horse racing. So I appreciate you, as do our uh, our great listeners. They just love you. They can't stand me. I don't get it. I'm super nice on the show, but it is what it is. Um, we have a great guest today, Michelle. We sure do. Yeah. His name is Kenny Maine. He's just one of the funniest people I know. Loves horse racing. Uh, has owned horses with us before we met at the at uh, the Derby about a hundred years ago, and uh, he's just been a good friend ever since. He has a new podcast, Hey Main. Uh, he's on season two. I actually listened to it the other okay, day. Wait, is it Hey Main or is it like Hey Main? Yeah, it's Hey Main. I think I don't know. We can ask him. You can ask him. Uh, I listened to one with Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman uh, that he had on, who obviously are his friends from his sports center on ESPN days and it's really good it's a great listen so check it out when you can and Kenny will come up right after we do uh, three things of note what do we got Michelle number one uh, it's <laughs> well uh the first of the three things of note was I thought it was very cool uh they did announce a advisory board for HISA or HISA however oh. you prefer to say it okay um, and included on that we have owners trainers I mean, all kinds of people, but I thought it was excellent that our very own Rick Gold got nominated and named onto the um, the advisory group, which I think is super important, especially for all of us here in California. Rick's been working so closely with Hissa Heisa, and I think that you know what they've needed all along is the input of people in racing. Yes. So um, well, very, very important, and he is also the chair of. Uh, the TOC's Integrity and Safety Committee. Well, but, yes, and a good man. Yes. Just a good man. He really cares about horses, made a, a very large donation during Carmathon, mm-hmm. um, and has been an LRF partner for many years. I know uh, him and his wife, Marsha, good people, uh, really dedicated to the game. We appreciate Rick, and he'll be a fine addition. Well, very, very exciting there. Okay, good. Uh, my second thing of note is I'm not sure if you watched Keeneland over the weekend, but there were a couple of exciting maidens, including Julia Shining, oh, who what is a beast. the full sister to Malathat. Um, Stone Street retained her after breeding her. They also bred Malathat, but sold her. Um, and Pletcher trains both her as well as Malathat, but she had a sparkling debut. I even saw people saying, like, they should run her immediately in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. She was awesome. Uh, broke kind of okay and then just dropped back and was, like, last, taking dirt and uh, moved to the outside and made this unbelievably bold, sustained run 
while very wide at Keeneland and just pulled away for an easy victory. Very, very impressive and a, a bright, bright future, obviously with massive breeding on her side. Do you feel like, though, it's like similar to Justique, which she was like crowned the second coming after her? No, because that was a to- no, to- totally different because the Justique race and listen, everybody's going to you can say, oh, you're, you're saying this now. That race was a total setup. That race was, uh, they went so fast, and uh, that was just a complete setup for Justique. Um, I thought this filly was more impressive to be to okay. win like that at Keeneland. So that's how I feel. And that is very fair. Okay. And that's why we talk about it. Yeah. Um, so the third thing of note is kind of just like a race recap from the weekend. We had the Franklin, which went to Caravel. She's awesome. She runs turf sprints all over the world, but it's still a question mark if she is going to go to Breeders' Cup or not. It was the Sands Point, um, which I did not watch. And then... (laughs) So you don't even know who won the Sands Point? Skims won it, but I don't... Yeah, that's our good friend. That's Andrew Rosen from Theory. Yeah. Yeah. A daughter of Frankel was very impressive. He... I sent him a text. Um, You know, he's very self-deprecating and... Uh, he, I sent him a text. He goes, I am very happy right now. That was his answer. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and then the QE2 over at Keeneland as well went to Gina Romantica, Pratt, Brown, Peter Brandt, and Machmer Hall breeder. So all very fun people that we've had on the show. And uh, my true Nick's there, C+. Wait, well, who have we had on the show? Carrie Brogdon. Carrie, yeah. Peter Brandt never came on the show. Chad never Brown has not on come the on the show. show. But we, like, we talk about them often on the show. We do. And second place was uh, Chad Brown as well with um, McCulloch. McCul- yeah. So one, two. And Shocker. Clarevich. Shocker. And uh, Clarevich. Bella Bell shipped in to run third. That was nice for uh, Agave Racing. Our good friend mm-hmm. Mark Martinez good got friend. a nice grade yeah. one uh, placing, placing for that filly. That's all important for those of you. How about California Angel running fourth? She was like the big story last year. I remember. I remember. So we had uh, George Leonard and uh, Chris Walsh on the show. Yeah, did you watch? You know, we had Tim Martin on uh, Tyler's Tribe the other day, and mm-hmm. he'll run in the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Turf Sprint. Did you watch his breeze on the grass? I did not. Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't sparkling. No. No, but you know what? He said, though, that he can be a little lackadaisical if he doesn't have company yes and that's what it kind of looked like i mean it was first time on the grass it was just like an empty turf course it was i, I, With the I give, do- oh and he jumped the dog yeah he give give the, the horse a, a a pass i here's the thing you have to be really careful as we head into breeders cup with all the 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 moving parts minutia that people are going to lay out for you Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see tons of videos. You're going to have people saying, you know, you're going to see videos on Twitter of a horse and saying, oh, this horse looks terrible and this horse looks great. Listen, we've been doing this a long time. Trust your handicapping. Trust your own videos. Trust, you know, when you watch them, uh, you know, trust people that you that you followed before. If you've had good luck listening to JK and Pete uh, or if you've had good luck listening to Nick Luck, um, you know, do your thing. But you try to put some blinkers on. You know what I'm saying? Like, put a, yeah. just take everything with a little bit of grain of salt because at the end of the day, you're the one who has to make the, the wagers and the selections, and, and you have to be comfortable with what you uh, feel is best. Right. That's Good how call. I – yeah, that's, that's, what I'll, that's what I'll say to that. So, All right, should we talk to uh, Kenny Mann? I think that we should. All right, let's do it. Uh, we'll be right back. 
fixed odds betting powered by BetMakers is back and in effect at Monmouth Park. And the early returns are fantastic with 70% of winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. Fixed odds wagering is now available throughout the state. It's an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll be continuing to hear a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In The Money Media Network. The Keeneland Fall Meet is off and running. Get in on the action and wager with Keeneland Select. New accounts receive a special $100 back after you wager $200 on Keeneland Racing this October. Wager a total of $300 in the first 30 days and earn another $100 back with the standard sign-up bonus. Sign up at KeenelandSelect.com. Keeneland Select, mobile betting that gives back. Additionally, located at the world's marketplace, the Keeneland November Breeding Stock Sale begins November 7th. That's Monday, November 7th, after the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland. Catalog is now online, so visit november.keeneland.com to learn more. All right, welcome back to the Owner's Box. A very special guest today, one of my favorite people. His name is Kenny Main. Kenny, welcome to the Owner's Box. Thanks for having me. No, <laughs> don't sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> that is Kenny's enthusiasm. That it was, shines. No, I listened to his I listened to your podcast. I want to give a big push because it's called Hey Main and uh i listened i've listened to two episodes the new two second season and i it's just it's great it's great stuff because you really get in in depth with the people you're talking about and they come up with great stories yeah i mean i think the people i asked all are interesting you know going in it's not like you have to beat it out of them right everybody has stuff to to tell and very accomplished in whatever it was they've done We'll run out. We'll go to lesser people at some point. But right now we're still. <laughs> really? There's, there's a shot that might call you no, one day. No, I'm like the last person. <laughs> like that when there's a cancellation in his final like show before the end, he'll call me. What was the impetus for the pod? Um, it's just so boring in Connecticut. I needed something to do. Like I don't like golf that much. Okay. Like I, what else am I doing on a Tuesday? So <laughs> it breaks up the monotony. And Odyssey is the company that put it together. They came to me. You know, right after I left ESPN, really, like uh, about a year ago. And I just wasn't ready to do it. I've been doing stuff for Caesars and making commercials and promos and traveling around. I saw you guys at Del Mar, you know, for the opening week. Um, $17 orange juice. Yeah. (laughs) No, I've been having fun doing that, you know. Just I went to a couple football games. I went to the Capitals opener. I'm going to a Saints game, you know. So they have me out there, and I just wasn't ready to, like, I don't know if I have the time or the inclination, but the more I thought it through and the more I kind of like made it be what I hoped it could be and they were fine with that, then I was like, all right, let's see what happens. So it's really fun. I've totally enjoyed it. I'm doing two interviews. I don't know when this thing that we're doing right now is airing, but um, I'm doing two more interviews, three more interviews this week. Steve Kerr. Oh, Kerr is great. Wait, Kerr, who else? Lenny Wilkins, Triple oh, Hall of Fame. Nice. Yeah. No, amazing. Yeah. So, Great Sonic. It, and it's fun. We had Sue Bird on this week and uh, Soledad O'Brien. We're already taped. She's coming on on Thursday. Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann kicked off season two. They so were great. I'm glad I chose to do it. The doing of it is really fun. Hopefully, you know, there's a million podcasts. So, you know, it's not like you're going to take over the world on day one, but I've enjoyed doing it. 
You know, it's funny because, yes, there are a million podcasts. Michelle and I have actually been doing this show for, I think, like eight years. And it was this was its new uh, conception was the owner's box because we transferred over to the End Money Media Network. But it is people ask me all the time. It's fun to do. It's fun to get these stories out, especially with owners in horse racing, because, as you know, when you always hear this, if you're going to the Breeders' Cup, um, Bob Baffert's Cave Rock. Right. Well, Bob Baffert doesn't own the horse. And we always had this theory. You've owned horses and you love horse racing. Give us a little bit about your background, how you got into the game. Well, it's funny when I've done them with you in a very, very tiny piece of a couple horses. But whether you own one percent of a horse or ninety nine percent, I think the feeling is roughly the same. The the guy or the girl who can own the ninety nine just has more money, (laughs) you know, than those who can only get in for the one percent or the five percent. But you feel it's like your little kid. Like I, you get so nervous and so excited. You know, Billy would send out the the emails to everybody prepping us for you know we're racing in race five at wherever, and and you get excited like you're watching your kid go play t ball or soccer or lacrosse or whatever your kids did. You know, as you were racing them, and the nerves are just different than just being at the track rooting for a horse that you have money on. That's right. just to- two different feelings entirely. Um, I got back at a place called Long Acres, which no longer exists. We have Emerald Downs up there now near Seattle. And Long Acres was great. It was like our Santa Anita, beautiful place. Very similar design, actually. I mean, between Santa Anita and Long Acres, in my opinion, just the feel of the two places. Sure. Mount Rainier in the distance, built, you know, in the 1930s. It just had a, had a great feel. That's where I grew up. Started going with my uncle and my my mom first, and my uncle mostly, then my friends later, then in college, and you know never stopped going. And then eventually, sadly, they they knocked that place down. But a job since, so I, it's kind of been a thing in my family and my friends, you know, since I was eight or nine years old. It's essentially my whole life. That's Kenny Main joining us on the Owners Box. It's it is amazing. It's always we hear these stories, and it always comes back to family. You know, whether it's my grandfather mm-hmm. or your uncle or something like that. Why do you think horse racing struggles now with new fans? Is it is it are people not taking their kids to the track anymore? Like what what's happened? I don't. Right. So clearly, people are still playing the game, but they're doing it. You know, now they can do it on their computer. They can sit on their couch. They can turn on TVG, right? They don't necessarily have to get in the car. Like in the old days, Long Acres had one exacta, the $5 exacta right. on race 10. Yep. That was it. It was big. They had the a daily double. double race. Yep. The double in race one and two and the, the $5 exacta in race 10. With the cool now, little tickets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they, they would tear the corner of the ticket, you know? It wasn't yeah. like, you know, it wasn't like the, the scanner that they have now. And there's something in my opinion, almost better about those. Like there was something, I don't know, just more romantic, but I think that might be true that we think a lot of things were kind of cooler back in our day, right? Like the way it was when we were young, but um, I don't know. I think more people need to take their friends. I've done it more than once. I'm sure you've done it a million times where you take people who've never gone and say, let me, Follow me. Let's go out. You don't even need a lot of money. You can go with ten dollars. You know, what you're going to bet as a team, and kind of teach them the ropes. That's our dog Muller. Um, <laughs> teach them the ropes and see what the day is like. See the build up to the races. There's just so much more yeah. to it than the the minute you know minute nine race. There's there's all the build up to it. There, 
the studying of the form, getting to pick, you know, you pick the selection. It's not just like going to a table and being handed two cards and hoping they're good. Like you get to choose, right? You get That's to a make great the point. So, yeah, it's a great point. You had a massive, was it a place parlay or a show parlay at Belmont this year? Um, I, oh, you were. That's right. You came up and yes. challenged me. You were mad at me for <laughs> betting too. <long. laughs> I think I made out okay that day. I've had better days. I've had worse. The 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 best day ever was at Santa Anita. Tell us. And it was a Breeders' Cup, and this is some years ago, maybe seven eight years ago. There was a whole bunch of family there, and we had a couple of people, you know, from a distance, so sending fifty bucks or whatever, and we just couldn't lose. Like the right. only time we lost we pulled back. We didn't do a true parlay. Like we chickened out about halfway through, like this is too much money. We got to pull back a little bit. So we held back half, lost the other half, restarted with the half that we didn't lose, you know, smartly and just had one of those ridiculous days. doesn't happen often that it, that it works out that way, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to Breeders' Cup because you get the same thrill once more. Are you going to Breeders' Cup? I am. I'll be there in person. Oh, beautiful. Ooh. Oh, are, we're going to Are you blast. doing something surrounding it that we can watch, or are you just there for fun? I'm mostly there for entertainment purposes and you know, to promote Breeders' Cup itself. Just to be there as part of the, uh, the hype machine to get people interested. I, it's my favorite sporting event of the year. Like, there's, I don't think there's – you can name any other one, whether you watch it on TV and don't get to go or go there in person. There's just something so special – about those two days, the build up to it and the international flavor, obviously of it and the scenery that, you know, every race there's grade one in every division in racing over, two, over two different services. And I, it's my favorite thing by far. Is there, I agree with you, by the way. In fact, I said that on a podcast earlier that I was on, is there one horse other than flight line that you are just, Oh, I cannot wait to see this horse. Preferably with a better price. That. Yeah, I, I wish I had one already. I'll, I'm about to get deeper into it. Okay. There were other years when I used to cover racing, right? I used to do it with Randy and Jerry and, and all the guys at ESPN. And the late Hank Goldberg. I was, yeah, I was so deep into it. Because I see all the races. Right, right now, I don't. I'm not watching nearly as much as I once did. So it's sort of like you got to pay a little bit of catch-up. But... I don't know, but I've had just so many fun with friends and family and, and, you know, just even strangers, right? Just all the, the funny acquaintances you make or those, those moments you have that are different on Breeders' Cup weekend than I think they are at any other time during the year. The most memorable Breeders' Cup race I ever saw was... How about besides... Uh, well, oh, I thought, I thought no, Billy was going to answer that. I didn't answer it. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I left well, it off for see, Kenny. You guys, yeah seeing you win with Singletary at Lone Star was pretty crazy. I didn't really know you then. No. I kind of knew you, but not, you know, I just kind of knew about your group. I think we'd met once maybe, and, you know, 40 of you just go screaming (laughs) through the building and running down, because you weren't on track. You were, like, in a bar in the back. We were were on this balcony, this crazy balcony balcony that we almost took down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ridiculous. I'll tell you one that was a tough beat because that one just stands out so much. So I do my regular bets, but I also will bet children's birth dates on big race days because you just never know. There's 14 horses. Why can't it finish 1, 10, 11, which would be my daughter's birthday, right? Yep. So this is a very, the whole story was funny. This is the year that Volpone won in the mud at Arlington, right? I want to say, what, 2004? 
four-ish, somewhere in there. I can't remember the exact. 2004 year. was Singletary, so it was the it was close after three. Yeah. Okay. We'll look it up. I I walk in and I run into a guy I know who tells me to bet on Volponi today. Crypto clearance is the sire. Great mud background. Blah blah blah. My family. He's his family right. was the breeder. Or they knew the breeder. I can't remember which was. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, hey, great senior man. I like totally dust him off. <laughs> 2002. Like, he's out of his mind. Yeah, he's out of his mind. It's not happening. So I go in. I did my bets. I can't remember if I did. I think I was a break even this day, you know, which means you lost a little bit. It doesn't yeah. mean you really broke even. That's just the biggest lie in, in America. <laughs> That's what I tell my so, wife every time I come home. <laughs> broke, just broke about even. even. And then she stops asking. So in the sprint, there's a two-fold story here. In the sprint, the winner was Orientate with Jerry Bailey. And – my daughter's birthday is one ten eleven. With about fifty yards to go, it's one ten eleven. Oh. Thunderellos involved at fifty five to one. Oh my goodness! Of course, Bailey beats me, so it becomes ten one seven, right? Yep. And everybody's like, "Why didn't she box?" And because um, she wasn't born in October. Okay? <laughs> That's why. That's Had funny. I boxed, I would have done okay. Yeah. So now I leave, going back to the car. Exact same spot. I run into the same guy, Spike. That was his name. Um, and he's got so much money. He's, he can't even close his Coke. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just, just hundreds of hundreds. And you, did you bet? Did you, no, I, no, I did not. Did not bet that point. I feel terrible. But I'd say my favorite was when I was in the Breeders' Cup uh, handicapping tournament. That same time we had the great show parlor with the family. And I did pretty well in their handicapping tournament, which is hard. And you don't know which way to do it. Like, what's the smartest? Yeah. Winning is the smartest way. Whatever way that gets you a winner, that's the smartest yeah. way. But everybody plays that different. But I did pretty well. Then I got to go the handicapping thing in Vegas. You know, the the, the championship. Oh yeah, one. NHC. Sure. Oh, and I was terrible there. I was a joke. Like I felt like I was. You know, have you ever played poker with real poker players? Yes, I have, and it's horrible. And you're like. Yeah, why did I do you that? You thought you How were good, we and then you went, and you feel like, oh, <laughs> no, crap. I didn't think yeah. I was good, but it was horrible anyway. I remember once being in Vegas, Jeff Gordon was having uh, some kind of charity thing the same weekend they were racing in Vegas and invited me down to, to play with these guys. This is kind of like afterward. And it's like, who are we playing with? And he names, you know, it's like Money Maker, all these like legit, real po- – I said, why, why am I doing that? That's not smart. Like, they <laughs> – how about we go throw footballs in the street for money? Yeah. How about we do something I know how to do? Yeah. But, of course, I did it. I also remember I had to borrow money. I think I owed him 500 I had to go up to my room or go to the cash machine. And I just quit. As soon as they blew me out, like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't know how to do this the way you know how to do it. Are you, you, playing? Know, you can't bluff and then check. All right? yeah, no, playing. you can't do that. We, we don't do that in those games. Are, are, will you play in the BCBC this year? Say that again. Will you play in the BCBC, the the handicapping tournament at the British Cup? Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. It's only ten thousand dollars to play. I mean, you're in. Kenny will get it sponsored. I'm I'm coming to Keeneland. I found some weird hotel I've never heard of. I won't even say. Oh, what's it called? I don't know. I guess I'll tell you off. I'll tell you off air. Um, (laughs) There were a couple. I don't think he wants to know. I know. I didn't think about that. Right. I just was talking. It was. it's, you know, like when you're looking and you don't really know what you're up to, and then you find it, it's like a haunted house or something. You know, like no, I just give me a give me a regular place. It um, is it is all, right all around like right around Halloween. Will you be doing a? Your girls are older now. There's no Halloweens anymore, right? Um, the youngest of the four, they still kind of clown around and do something, but yeah, they 
they know that the, the Tooth Fairy is not real at this point, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, yes. Shh, my uh, kids watch the show. Oh, shh. Uh, <laughs> listen, they listen. Do your kids listen to the podcast, Michelle? They just sit in the car and say, put on the owner's box? <laughs> Sometimes. I don't believe that. All right, Michelle, I know you have a question for Kenny. Go ahead. This is so like off. We've gone down such a different road that I've loved. Um, but we were talking beforehand that you just came in from a speaking engagement. And oh, yeah. I oh. have a very like AC, AH, whatever it's called, brain. And I have I can't stop thinking about what was the best question you got asked and what was the worst question you got asked on the panel? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about the worst. The, the weirdest maybe it was just the intro at the very beginning they asked. Instead of you know giving you the big drum roll and here's so and so from such and such and all our accomplishments, hey, tell us about yourself. Just out of the gate, That's it. A... so I was like, uh, well, I went to Star Lake Elementary School, <laughs> uh, had a real sexual awakening in third grade with Mrs. Loomis, and then uh, turning to fifth grade, that was Mr. So I just yeah. went to... and then in the middle of telling that, I was like, wait a minute, this actually story, the story is pertinent because I always say. I ended up making a career, making a living out of the same thing that got sent me, that got me sent in the hall in fifth grade, right? Like the same stuff that got, used to get you in trouble is pretty much what I continue to do to make a living in TV and whatever else I did. Like what's the most absurd thing I can come up with right now? Right. And Mr. Mr. Bell in fifth grade didn't appreciate it, but others did. So it worked out. That's... Um, no, the, the panel was cool. It was for this ad week thing in New York City. And Odyssey, and whoa, Ooh. a cat just ran across. There's a big dog. Molar's barking. Molar. That's wild. Is Molar? Who is Molar named after? Uh, Robert Molar, oh. the uh, prosecutor. There you go. Okay. We were, we were really into the project back then. I understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we had Sarah Kenzior on my podcast. Look her up. She has a new book called They Knew. Um, oh. What was the question? The, we we were talking about your panel, and you said when you first got oh, on, yeah, before yeah, we yeah. got on the air, you said it was you had a couple of interesting topics or conversations. I think I covered them. I just oh, really wanted to get off the Mrs. Loomis joke. Is this really the whole, the whole <laughs> point of that thing? I want to know what you said to your fifth grade teacher that got you into the hallway. Oh, it was it was weak. Our dog is not well behaved. No, he won't stop. What happens on your he podcast when that happens? Well, I tape them often, I'd say 85% we've done in a studio where we have like, you know, we control the noise. You were in the backyard uh, on the Dan and Keith one. I know, I know. Do you Other remember, Billy, really when it. we used to go to the studio? Yeah, we used to go to the studio. That was back in the day, pre-COVID. Yeah, other times I like my backyard. It's, it makes, I like to be comfortable, in, you know, in whatever I'm doing, right? Like, I don't know how you sit or if you're holding a certain thing or something that makes you kind of happier. And I love the feel of our backyard. I usually have either dice or a football or this weird little prong thing that's like a pressure reliever on your arm and your hand. It's a long story. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I like to put myself in a comfortable spot. And so what if a bird makes noise? Who cares? Gretchen oh. thinks it's unprofessional. but And she's probably right. But I don't always want to drive down the studio and it's not always available. So yeah, absolutely. We're tape. You do what you want to do, and 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 you're you're. Getting it's real it. life. It's real life. I mean, I think that's what people. I think that's what is, what makes podcasting actually better Agreed. is that we're just talking, and it's real conversation. Yeah. Are there some people that you've listened to that that have influenced you in whatever style you're going for on your podcasts? As far as you know, do you listen oh. to some of the popular ones? 
I don't know that if anything in podcasting led me there, it would be more way, way, way back, you know, like my dad, my best friend growing up, Johnny Carson, you know, like right. like the things that kind of shaped me when I was young, probably, that still, I'd say to this day, you know, one way or the other, I kind of reflect, you know, how I grew up or what influences I had. But I, it's funny, a lot of times people are like, what's the hook of the show? I was like, I don't know, uh, I'm going to talk in a mic, and this other guy's going to talk in a mic. Some other guy's going to record it, and then a different guy will press play. Like, that's our show. That's, very, and, that's a great hook. Elevator pitch. Well, I, I think too often he has this dumb, oh, it has to have a little gadget, and that's why people, how about it'll just, how about if it's good? That's usually, because that happened all the time at ESPN. I'd have some you know, less conventional story, you know, idea than the next guy, maybe. Good way and to they put wouldn't it. always, they wouldn't always buy in. Well, what's, what's the angle? What are we, you know, what are we tying it to? I said, how about if it's just good? How about whatever the hell I just pitched, it'll be good. And people at home will watch and go, that was good. And they'll keep watching it. And they might watch another day because they liked that we did a good thing that day. Like, well, and you always... Can't it just be that simple? Listen, we've known each other for a long time, and I think what's one of the most impressive things to get serious for a second is you've always had this kind of um, amazing self-belief. And I've, I've I read something the other day about it, too, just this 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 is a terrible example and you're going to laugh and you can talk about it. But I think it was from last night. It was the Russell Wilson thing where he's just getting mm-hmm. absolutely bashed in, in Denver. Right. But he has this like yeah. unwavering, almost weird self-belief and i i think it's obviously different with you i don't think you're as kooky as russell wilson with all due respect uh but but that i think you need it to have in especially in your business this entertainment business am i am i missing something oh no i think i I don't know about the parallel to russ but i I actually i keep defending him i think he'll turn it around i don't know when i i don't think he's like a failure in denver and it's all falling apart and there's a bunch of factors it's not all just him um, so I wouldn't lay the entire blame, but it, he has, you know, he, he says it himself. It's been a disappointing start. Um, but yeah, to, to what else you were speaking on, absolutely. You have to kind of have, I, I would say that I have very little pride about what I do. I think I do what I do pretty well, but I don't think I'm any important thing because I do that dumb thing. I do halfway sure. well, right? Like, yeah, no, that makes you yeah. another person. And you know, that doesn't put you in some higher station of other people that work other jobs or whatever, just because you do that. But absolutely, you have to be kind of thick-skinned and, and take take your nose and try to, you know, get a yes one day on the same pitch. Or if it, if you try this project with this group and it doesn't work out, then try it with that group. Maybe it'll work out over there. And, and I just kind of never gave up on myself because I could have a long time ago, even before that, where you know, I was literally out of TV for like four years. I was freelancing in it, but I didn't. That's have what I mean. Yeah, and you job. were doing all those kind of shorts, and you were just trying to find yeah. your way. And who knows? Maybe podcasting is. It. I know Michelle has one more question for you, Kenny, and then we'll let you go. I sure. do. Just you know, we're an ownership-based show, so I know you've owned in the past. Would it ever be something that would interest you again? Gretchen, do you want to buy a horse? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, say hi to Gretchen all right, for we're me. We're back. We're back. We're back in the game. All right, good. We're back. We like so, yeah, it. Billy's very, sending you over uh, a list of available shares right yeah, now. Yeah, we'll do it. Love it. No, we absolutely we've talked about it. We have a few other things happening. We got the roof issue and the back porch and uh, what else? Two college tuitions, but 
we'll find a way. We might be that low level 2% guy still. We might not be ready to go big time and be the majority owner. But I'd love to get back in it. We would. We always welcome you for whatever percentage you want to do. Kenny, man, you are a gem. I've got you under. I got you twenty three minutes right now. So I, I, I did what I asked, uh, what I told you I would do, and we really appreciate you coming on today. And we look forward to seeing you at Breeders' Cup. Where do you know where you're hanging? Where you're sitting? Um, somewhere fancy. I'll find out the name of the hotel. Somewhere weird. I think okay. it's okay. And I'm glad that you had me on. I appreciate your time. I'll see you there. I'll talk to you sooner. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Perfect. Kenny Main here on the Owner's Box. We'll be right back. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by Adelphi Racing Club, which is a partnership in every sense of the world, not a syndicate, and our members are treated like partners, not investors. If you're interested in joining a group of like-minded individuals and having a truly interactive ownership experience, Adelphi is the right fit for you. We take a fiscally responsible approach to horse ownership through our patient acquisition strategy, which offers partners a chance to compete at the highest levels of the game while doing so in a responsible manner and allowing for long-term participation in the sport. Adelphi offers a variety of partnerships, including yearlings, two-year-old in training, private purchases, and claiming options. Adelphi was recently very active at the phasic Tipton Saratoga yearling sales for New York breads with three exciting prospects currently available. An arrogate colt out of the family of Audible and Governor Malibu heading to trainer Christophe Clement, a beautiful tonalist filly out of a stakes play stand also heading to Clement, and a hard-spun colt who wowed with a powerful walk heading to trainer Ray Handel. Join the club. Get a hold of Adelphi Racing at Adelphi, A-D-E-L-P-H-I, racing.com, or you can email Matt at AdelphiRacing.com. All right, Michelle. I mean, I'm sweating right now because Kenny <laughs> is just, I, you know, and he goes on those tangents, and I, he's just... I he's, he's so funny, and he's so dry, like... I I just crack up like all the time when he's talking. Uh, he is, and he. It's funny because I didn't bring it up, but I kind of busted his chops after the. I told you I had listened to the um, Dan Patrick Keith Oberman interview, and and he got a little defensive because people have this image of Kenny that is just funny, like not taking anything seriously, and Kenny. For, with all due respect, he can be serious. I mean, he does report on serious stories. And when you talk to him, and I've had numerous meals with him, like he can be serious. He loves to talk about politics. You know, he, they, and he's, he's not always the funny guy. And I think, you know, he gets kind of sensitive about that. So I think uh, um, I didn't bring that up. I didn't want to go down that road. But uh, he's, just a, he's just a good guy. Um, loves horse racing. Loves, you know, we talked about the way he bets. Um, and just just a treat and uh, pleasure. Thank you, Kenny, for coming on today. So and thank you, um, Billy, for facilitating. Well, yeah, and you know, um, hopefully we will uh, we'll see him at Breeders' Cup. Um, maybe we'll see we'll see what happens. But I know he's uh, bummed about Seattle losing, but uh, at least uh, this football team is actually playing pretty well right now. Surprisingly, how's your fantasy team, Michelle? Uh, I was on a four-week win streak, and I got annihilated this week. Both of my quarterbacks threw, like, five points. Oh, I hate hearing that. I don't like hearing that. Um, all right, Michelle, what is coming up at Santa Anita this week? Oh, my gosh, so much. Okay, so I don't know if you guys tuned in last week, but we have Oktoberfest going on, and if you come on track, they are giving away these T-shirts, and, like, the girl shirts look like a big, like, booby bustier <laughs> with, like, white frilly and, like, ties, like a corset, <laughs> and then the guys are, like, lederhosen. Yeah, um, I like that. So if, if you are in the neighborhood, it is worth it for the shirt alone, okay? Super funny. Um, so we are doing that this weekend. We also... 
have racing obviously Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to have the Pumpkin Patch and Fall Fest in the infield. There's going to be a Bombs Club Southern California annual car show Ooh. in the infield as well. Okay. Um, and then as far as fun things go, we've got Pick'em coming up. Pick'em. $50,000 Pick'em, and that is going to be an online contest that mixes horse racing and... Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, I want to try that. Dollar show Viver is back, which is free to play at santanita.com forward slash contests. And then the $600 Santa Anita challenge on Saturday, October 22nd. It's a live money handicapping contest on track or via express bet. You can also find that at santanita.com forward slash contest. We run against you on Friday. Yes, we are. Can, do you want to tell us a little bit about your first time starter or no? Um, our first time starter is a big, beautiful collected. He 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 takes a second to get going into full speed. Okay. So Abel worked in the other day and thought that grass would be good because then he won't have to handle a bunch of kickback on sure. his first start. I don't necessarily know if he's going to like the grass, um, but it's but, just like a leaping off point for him. And he's definitely shown a little bit of talent in the mornings. He's um, had some fast workouts, but usually those Ryan Hansen horses are really, really fast. So it'd be, it's interesting to hear you say that maybe this one sits off a little bit. Yeah, he is not like I he was like one of my favorite horses to ride this winter. He like feels like he's floating. He's so big. He's probably over 17 hands, um, but he just like it takes him so long to find like a full gear. So you just can't rush him. He's yeah. got to, like, find it naturally. Right. Okay. That's super fair. My horse, uh, Rexford, who I've always really liked, is on the mm-hmm. outside. Um, ran really good first time out. Probably could have won that day if Ricky Gonzalez didn't drop his stick. Um, yep. Whoop. We tried him two turns, and it just didn't work. It just, you know, he got a pretty easy lead. He just didn't seem comfortable down the backstretch. And when the true real running happened down the lane, he just wasn't, I don't know. It was a very, very strange race for him. Thought he would run much better. He only got beat, I think, four and a half lengths that day. So it wasn't terrible. And he cuts back to sprinting. So obviously he's one of the ones with experience. Yep. Um, and I and think he got the outside draw, which is nice. Got the outside draw. And I think he'll put himself <laughs> in a really good position on Friday afternoon at Santa Anita. So there's just a little tip for you guys. So, um, Thank you, Michelle, for always doing the show. Thanks to all of our listeners. We are part of the In The Money Media Network. You can listen to so many fun shows, especially during Breeders' Cup week. I just saw a – I think there was a show put up today. We're recording this on Tuesday that was uh, like uh, early picks from JK and and Pete, which I thought was interesting. And I did something today too with uh, long shots. (laughs) Oh, you did long shots. Did you choose any – We're going to do something really fun. Um, we are going to do the week of, it'll probably be out on, what did we do? Say Wednesday we're doing it or Tuesday? I can't remember. I thought we were doing it Monday. I, th- I could be wrong. I think we're doing it Tuesday. I think All we switched right. it. Um, or maybe we are doing it Monday. We're doing it Monday night. So it'll be out on Tuesday of Breeders' Cup week. We are going to do a Breeders' Cup draft. It will be myself, Michelle, Gabby Gaudette, and Jay Privman. And we are going to, uh, it's going to be a snake draft. We are going to pick one horse from every race. And uh, and it'll be a two dollar win and place bet, and whoever has the most money at the end of the day will win for their uh, respective charity. And we're gonna try to raise some money. How about that? Excellent. It's gonna be super fun. I've already started kind of studying, and it's like it's really hard because you know if you were doing just a regular Breeders' Cup draft and you just said, okay, uh, a horse has to win, the number one pick would be Flightline, right? If you got points, right? He's probably gonna be the biggest favorite on the two days. But in this format. Flightline might not even be taken just because he's so, going to be such a prohibitive favorite. 
It's going to be really interesting to see how everybody maneuvers around <laughs> and what races go first. So do you have one long shot that you could give us that, uh, you know, I, I should be aware of? Or do you want to say Ooh. that? Because since you did a long shot pod today. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may not want to let me know because I might snag it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. All right. Not going to tell me. Okay. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Delmar and San Anita and Keeneland and uh, our farms like TaylorMade and Gainsway and Betmakers and Adelphi Racing Club. Um, just really appreciate all the support, and we appreciate all your support, uh, you listeners. We're going to do something fun next week. I'll be in Kentucky, Michelle, so we'll have to try to find someone maybe in Kentucky that's headed to the Breeders' Cup. How's that? Sounds like a plan. All right. Talk to you guys all right. later. Bye.